Everybody, <coughs> welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> I know, Frank. What, you're you're in Studio B. I know. Guess what? I'll give you some updates in a little bit. For the in the meantime, welcome back to the show. It is a full new week that we got ahead of us. It is the 22nd day of January 2024. We have a wonderful returning guest. First time he's going to be on for. The new year, Jeff Harmon, astrologer, Jeff Harmon, he's a vet, 47 years, 50 years, 50 years experience, half a century experience, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things right now. I'm sure you saw over the weekend, uh, as if it wasn't just a one horse race with uh, the primary and Donald Trump and uh, all that stuff before, now that uh, Ron DeSantis is finally officially gone. Um, now what? Now, now you start wondering, do the fireworks start now? Like, when do the real fireworks start? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the implementation of whatever plan is going to keep them in, in, uh, in office after the November, uh, election date. You know, there's going to be such a, it, it could just be anything. It could be a wild grab bag full of stuff. It can be a numerous things all at once. Who knows? But you know, it's going to be really nice to kind of chop this all up with uh, Jeff Harmon, who will be able to do some astro chart work. I'd love to get a little bit more and see what's going on with uh, the individual charts of Biden and Trump, where we did those in 2024 uh, and 23. But now I'd like to see what's going on right now. And, uh, and, and there's so much else over the weekend, too. Got more on the January 6th front, a little bit more uh, on the, the pipe bomb story that you knew that there was nothing really to that one. But now you actually start seeing exactly how little there was and how, once again, low risk, high reward, do something ridiculous and then hand it off to a hyperbolic media that will go and turn it into, I don't know, any little molehill into a mountain there. They love it. They love it. Carrying water is the only resistance exercises they have. They carry water for anybody. And um, so we have a whole bunch of that tonight. However long Jeff stays on with us in the second half, I got a bunch of stuff uh, to read to you and media to listen to. I think really call-inspiring stuff, and we'll throw the lines open, and who knows what happens from there. Um, so so just wanted to let you know, you know what, let's just get this, this thing kicked off. Um... Let's get this thing kicked off, because uh, I'll start talking about this, and then and Jeff will... Uh... Oh, wait a second. I had something over here. I had a little something to, to show you. Hold on. Listen to this. Listen to this. Here is from Disclose. This is for tomorrow. Just let, letting you guys know. Um, tomorrow, we're going to have Chris Ann Hall call in for a quick show. Uh, she's going to call in for maybe about 20 minutes perhaps about 20 minutes, to talk about this U.S. Supreme Court on a 5-4 vote allows federal agents to cut razor wire in Texas installed on the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, of course, the turncoat is Amy Coney Barrett, um, who continues to make anybody, any one of us who were uh, even 
slightly excited about her prospect of becoming a justice, even more so embarrassed that we were ever excited. Uh, one person who was never excited about it was Chris Ann Hall, and I think that she's going to go scorched earth on this one tomorrow because she's been talking about the the uh, reality of the southern border and in uh, the ways that they are constitu it is constitutionally kept secure. But there's this, and I have another question for her about judges: why we need them at all? I'm I, 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 more and more as we get into these situations, I ask myself, why, why the judges? Now, I mean, I understand that certain situations when contracts need to be, uh, you know, there's, there, you know, we're going to arbitration or there, uh, you know, a mediator is is required. I just, I, I want to know more about why judges, because it makes no sense to me. You know, um, they're there to apply law as written by a, um, you know, a legislature that is voted on. Legislature makes the law and then. A judge comes and says, this must be applied this way. And if they put their own interpretation in or they, they apply it in a way that, it, you know, is off-label, an off-label use of a law or something like that, then everybody has the right to ignore the judge. So why are they even... I, I just, I just want to ask her that. It'll take about 20 minutes because here's the main thing. Tomorrow night, I think I'll just be going live from 7 to 8. And then I'm going to be heading to the studio to meet up with Mike to do another round of troubleshooting on the system that is giving. I can't even tell you what the hell was coming out. It was it, now it's the cameras. The new the new computer is fine. The place is clean. Uh, downloading everything, getting myself logged in. Everything's all fine over there. And uh, and we're getting closer and closer to showtime. But the the glitching of the of the webcams that I. We, you, we have been running, on average, four to five webcams on much shittier computers than this. And the, the glitching, it looks like, you know, you know when you watch VHS and you have to adjust the tracking on VHS? That big green blotches, it looks terrible. So we're going to be rotating plugs to try to find a way to try to see if we were overloading some USB controllers a little bit too much or whatever we got all new usb wires coming that should have come in today so um that's what's going to be going on tomorrow night it'll be a half a show but not for band practice because i got to get to the studio and try to figure this out because now i what way to do i will say one thing though all the time that we have spent at home now in studio b has forced me to polish this operation i am i am just about perfect with everything, all of the toys that I have at the studio I have here, except I can't fit another human being inside of, of this closet. But I even have, uh, where do I have it? I've even now incorporated my uh, stream deck back into the mix. I hate them. Oh, it's good to have you back. Give me back my son. Exactly. Give, <laughs> give me back my son. Give me back my son. I've got it all. I've got it all. Oh, shit. Goo! Yes. I have them all here. And um, so it, it, this is the one silver lining I can say. You know, spent a lot of money over the last couple of weeks, and it's taken forever. But this place is definitely going to be perfect. And um, and the other place, man, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have leg room. I don't, even, I don't even know what I'm going to do with the leg room when I get it back. That's going to be insane. Calm down. Calm, calm down there, dude. 
All right, so that's what we have tomorrow. We're going to talk about the the uh, the five four vote with Chris Ann Hall. Just some quick commentary: a New York City bound flight you might have seen this as canceled when passengers noticed missing bolts on the plane's wing. Whoops! I'm telling you, they don't want anybody flying. They don't want anybody flying. Missing bolts. Thank God for the passengers who said, you know, that doesn't look right. It looks like bolts should be there. So there's that. One last thing over here. We've got John Fetterman, which I got to say, I don't know what's happening with this guy. I don't know what's happening with him, but this is the third time and I feel like as many months that he's at least part of his statement has been pretty close to being based. Now he goes on to talk about um, about uh, his uh, his support of Israel and all that stuff. But as far as the the border goes, take a listen to this. So he's talking to that saggy, jowly face Jake Tapper, who it's, he's he's adopting the Keith Olbermann angry, dour, lesbian look. He's he's adopting it. He loves it. So take a listen to this. Hold on. Wait a second. One second. Here you go. Uh, for noting that, in your opinion, um, saying that there is a crisis at the border. Why is only coming out one side? Xenophobic. Um, why do you think you've been so criticized by so many progressives? Oh, what the hell's going on? Hold on here. I don't know why this is only coming. It's just, it's mono for some reason. Anyway, he goes on to say that it's not controversial to say that we need a secure border and stuff like that. But it wasn't so much that he said something that's just so, I don't know. It, is it considered moderate? To say uh, a country needs a secure border, it's the way he delivers it. Something has happened. Maybe not to him. But maybe this is really a fill-in. I don't know what the hell it is. But has anybody else noticed that John Fetterman has been cognitively repaired in some way? You know, the, 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 we are so far out from the point when he sustained his Injuries, we'll call them. I don't know many people who improve like this that far out from when they sustained an injury, especially when it's cognitive. We're talking about strokes and things like that. He has made several statements in the last couple of months that have you know made headlines, and I took a look at it. I said, where the hell is the, the brain fog? Where is the stuttering? It's all gone, almost. I mean, maybe they're just cherry-picked statements. I don't know. But does, does he seem like he's been cognitively repaired to anybody else out there, you can write in or you can call in on that later on. Um, so that's a little that's a little odd. I noticed that lately. Okay, we will be right back. We're going to kick this one off. Jeff Harmon will be joining us on the other side of the intro. See ya. This is Max Ancaparato at 12,060 feet. You can get as high as I am by watching the Quite Frankly podcast. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Yes. Okay. And also, I know on Tuesday mornings, I've been doing some uh, coffee streams. I'm going to try to do it again tomorrow. I have to make a lot of really important errands. I have to run a lot of really important errands. I don't know. And I also may uh, switch it up between Instagram. I've never done an Instagram Live. So I'm thinking about doing a coffee stream on Instagram Live every once in a while with the YouTube and or on and off just because, you know, I'd love to get a little bit more attention on the Instagram. I do some some stuff over there trying to find out my trying to find my groove it's really hard spinning all these plates it really is it really is and i work non-stop i work right up to the point of the show and uh some days i feel like i am really only just treading water but once everything goes live there's nothing like it i'm really happy i'm here with you guys and gals um i i have to try to remember i have to try to remember to ask jeff Harmon about how much how much uh, stock he puts in into omens and signs because when I when I see stuff like this otherworldly forest animal found deceased in Wisconsin woods the king is dead this is from the Western Journal a beloved albino buck that locals in the Spooner Wisconsin area nicknamed the king has died of old age Washburn County Highway Commissioner Brian Danielson described what happened as the end of an era. The king is dead, he added about the beautiful beautiful buck that became a much photographed celebrity in the community when he wandered out into public. Albino deer are among the wild animals specifically protected by gaming and hunting law in Wisconsin, so the king was able to enjoy a long life. He was estimated to be about 15 years old and weighed approximately 240 pounds. Deceased animal was found on the side of the hill near the Danielson property where the buck regularly and memorably visited. Oh, you ever watch that? That um, there's this video on the there's this video on YouTube. I think it might be narrated by Liv Schreiber. I don't I don't know why I I remember that, but I think it's this old lion, and it may or may not have been after a fight. But this thing is old. And you just watch this old lion, you know, once a young alpha, now just kind of accepting his fate, lying around, shortness of breath, and just finally just dies, just lets go, and that's the end of him. It it's one of those things. It's one of those things that I uh, I, I don't forget. And I wasn't there in the um, I wasn't there in the the the, the, the you know the safari lands seeing it for myself it was a youtube video but there's still the same kind of thing is conveyed there i wonder what this buck's last moments were like did it just need to sit down and just never got up and said that's it what was that like i don't know but when you think about these kind of like mythical creatures say well there's nothing really mythical about the uh the albino uh deer here because it's there it is and unlike a bigfoot here is a corpse. Now, if this happened, there was one. If this, th- th- thankfully, this was in uh, in Wisconsin. If it was in New York and this thing died anywhere near a parkway or something, someone would have shown up and cut its head off, and uh, and and that that's just what it would have been. There was like a 15, 16, 18, 97 point buck. I don't know. That was on the side of I ninety five near Stamford, maybe about ten years ago at this point. This thing was so big that it was it was like get, 
rumors were going through towns. Yo, did you see the deer on the side of I-95 near exit 9 or something like that? Well, it took it no less it, it took no less than seven or eight hours before somebody showed up with a chainsaw or something and hacked this thing's head off because people were going on 95 just to see the corpse. And once they got there, this thing didn't have a head this thing didn't have a head. Oh, oh my God, some that's cheating. Okay, if you ask me. It's mutilation, it's sick, it's twisted. Okay. Not going there to even eat the damn thing. But what are you going to do? Mount that thing on your wall like, look what I got? A car hit it, you asshole. Anyway, what the hell am I talking about now? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy yourselves here tonight, and that, uh, that that's all I have. Wishes for a good evening. Now, I have Jeff Harmon. He is uh, making his way onto the screen. There all he right. is. He's here. Jeff, how you feeling? I'm all right. I'm doing good. Well, it's great to see you. First time for the new year. I hope everything's yeah. been going swimmingly. Yeah, it's going all right. Yeah, it's going all right. Well, you know, it's got to go. If it doesn't go, I get out and push. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, <laughs> let me ask you this. Before we get into any anything about 2024 and the bigger questions i got to ask you, I was just reading a story from the, uh, I think, the Western Journal huh. about this, this large 240-pound albino buck deer in wisconsin that has it's is dead it just you know it died and whatever and um it wasn't killed or anything like that but still things like that are pretty you know that's like a symbolic kind of a thing all white animals albino animals makes them so much more rare sometimes mythical yeah. in their own right i wonder as a guy uh who who deals in things that really do seem mythical do you ever pay attention to signs and omens or do you really do you not do you not really pay any uh any mind to that well i would say omens are a huge part you know it's interesting many many years ago probably like 38 years ago i got into this whole realm um actually way before that i should even say but omens are a part when you get into the eastern traditions like vedic astrology nadi astrology and the old interrogation astrologers, they paid a huge attention to omens. Like, for instance, the nostril you breathe out of. If it's out of the right nostril, it tends to be a more positive sign. If it's a left, it could be a potentially negative sign. If it's both, it's together. Um, yeah, birds are huge omens. Like you hear crows or you hear eagles or you hear sparrows or whatever. Every type of bird classification, even sounds, even the direction someone approaches you from. So, yeah, I mean, animals, weather, all this stuff is really <clears throat> deep stuff. I really believe the universe is an interactive consciousness. I really do. And and things about us, things that people say, synchronicities, oh, they're huge. Absolutely huge. No I, question about it. There was another, uh, I know this isn't like a, um, a white buck dying in the woods in Wisconsin, but there was another story about two years ago that we covered that was, um, it had to do with these three or four red heifer cows from Texas that were being shipped off to Israel for what was assumed to be some sort of a sacrificial, um, uh, you know, acquiring them for some sacrificial predicate of building this fabled third temple out there. And so, you know, whenever it's just things like that are always whenever an animal is born a certain color in a certain place, you know, there's always headlines. And no matter how far 
removed we are from the ancient times, it still sends shockwaves of what ifs and and uh, I, I just wonder about that with you. Um, so it's good to know that you pay some some form of attention to it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and there's no question. There's a synchronicity to the universe. And in fact, that's actually a project I'm working on right now in the studio. We're we're working on something called the interactive universe. How not only our omens an issue, but the people we meet and the karmas and all this stuff. I, I think even all the celestial influences of the astrology is absolutely in interactive consciousness. I mean, look at COVID. COVID came out. You could have set your watch. It was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. It wasn't close. It was right on. Even though I know there was stuff being released before and a lot of people were freaking out, you know, prior to COVID being officially announced, the Mind Control News hit the panic button exactly when the the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened. And um, then on the winter solstice of 2020 is when we had a 240-year Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. It was really powerful. And the world has truly changed ever since then. And so, yeah, the, I think we're living in an interactive consciousness. I really do. And today's a pretty big day, too, no? That's what I've been reading, that... Uh... Was it the, the the 22nd? There's another, there's some there's some kind of alignment today that uh, I want you to, it, it, is this what you're talking about where it hasn't happened since the, the uh, time of the American Revolution? Well, it, well, what we've got going on, I mean, a lot of people are citing that Pluto just entered into uh, the sign, the, the tropical sign of Aquarius, which it just happened. You know, we had a, a Sun-Pluto conjunction. So, you know, every time a planet, a major planet, ingresses into the sign of Aquarius, everyone proclaims it's the Aquarian age. I don't believe that. Um, we actually had the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happen in the very first bound and degree of tropical Aquarius. I don't think it's the Aquarian age. I don't know about you, but does it seem like the Aquarian age to you? Doesn't to me. I mean, we got just today we got new bombs and new new hits going on over in Israel. And of course, you know, Russia's ramping up even more and Biden's shoveling more money into the war machine over there in Ukraine. So it certainly doesn't seem like the Aquarian age to me. But when these planets ingress into signs, it, it has a powerful effect. There's no question about it. So, yeah, and I mean, the celestial influences in the sky are really amazing. I mean, I used to sit in a coffee shop years ago. We were sitting on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I would literally say to a friend of mine, you're going to see a cop come around the corner any minute. And they go, how do you know? Because Mars is ascending. Whenever Mars hits the angle, Mars rolls police, warriors, all that. So they, sure enough, squad car would be coming by. He goes, I can't believe it. I said, I know. If you just really observe the synchronicity of the celestial influences, it's pretty amazing. It really is. Like if you walk around uh, in a place where there's a lot of people in public and it's moon trying or conjunct Venus, everybody's happy and they're all on their way and they're shopping and everything is happy. And then, you know, you look at days where moon is opposing Mars or conjunct Mars or opposing Saturn or some malefic aspect. Everybody's, ah, oh, get out of my way. It's a busy day. I got things on my mind, you know. So it's uh, really interesting to observe these energies you know and everybody's different everybody reacts differently but powerful stuff so then so then uh, given how you're taking note of all of the the several battlefronts that we are now managing uh, mm. that have have popped up over the last couple of years where we have europe we have several places in in uh, in asia now with uh yemen being the latest and of course israel as you said um 
I, I guess just from basing your um, reaction to that, the age of Aquarius, which should be something that is a little bit more, uh, you know, upbeat and happy and peaceful. What, what, <laughs> what, what is that? What is it supposed to be? Well, I mean, the age of Aquarius was always supposed to be an age of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It's it's a um, if you look at the glyph of Aquarius, it's quite interesting. It's the four juts, which rules the four advanced modes of transportation, which is not only physical, but it's psychozoic or you could say intellectual as well as, you know, astral and all this stuff where humanity's consciousness is supposed to expand a lot, which it is. I'll give it that. Um, I, I personally don't think. You have to remember the age of Aquarius, which I've been hearing that for 55, 60 years. And we're, we're in the age of Aquarius, you know, the song and everything back in the 60s. The problem is it's really the procession of the equinoxes. It's our solar system going into the sidereal sign of Aquarius. And nobody really knows what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I can tell you, I think it's a little closer to about 200 and something years from now. It may be fairly close to when the Hebrew calendar runs out. So you have all these celestial influences, and there's a lot going on. But uh, and, and it's pure speculation. And you get into the also the cycles called yugas, which is a big deal in Vedic and Nadi astrology. Yugas are time periods. You have the Tetra Yuga, the Kali Yuga, and all these sub-yugas. And no one can seem to agree exactly where we are in our sojourn around the central sun, about every 26,000. Some people say it's 740 years. Other people say, oh, no, no, it's 920 years and 15 seconds. And, you know, no one really knows. But it's somewhat close. Mm. So I, I I think it's going to be a, a couple hundred years from now. And again, no one knows. I don't know. That's pure speculation from what I've seen on everyone's part. Because there's no mile markers out in space that say, if you've entered Aquarius. You know, it's not like, you know, you pulled into the 7-Eleven. You know, there's there's no markers out there. There's general constellational stars and 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 things we can go by, but everything is moving. Yeah, and I, I definitely wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what the hell I'm looking at. I just, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I just I just really started uh, piecing together some constellations myself just so for for um, you know directional purposes, the, the last year. So as far as being able to figure out what age we're in or what age we're going into, that's I'm I think that's outside of my uh, pay grade. So I have to come to people like you. But here's what I want to do: I want to start fine focus and then go broad focus. And with the fine focus, I want to go back to the last couple of years that you've been on. We we check in on what is what the star charts per se are looking like for very influential and um, you know pivotal public figures like Joe Biden, like uh, like uh, Donald Trump, people who are in the public eye and are going to be put in the crosshairs of something really important. Now, uh, starting with Trump and Biden, uh, two figures, very different profiles, I'd have to imagine. Joe Biden is an, an ailing ventriloquist dummy, and Trump, on, his, on the other hand, is a controversial but physically strong with genuine popular support kind of guy. He is going into what is going to be, no matter what, his swan song of his political career. What is in store for both of them as individuals? And then we'll widen out for big picture questions about civilization. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I've looked a lot at both of their charts. And, you know, I think we've got to broaden this out even wider. You know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are two political figures, and they're certainly historically relevant right now. But when you look at the bigger picture, 
and that is a little country called the United States of America. That's the bigger picture. And when we look back at the birth chart of the United States, you know, you have pretty ubiquitous that most astrologers agree that July 4th was the birth date of the United States of America. Now, there's dispute as to what time it is. I actually use the five, I forget what time it is, it's five something p.m. in Philadelphia. That's actually after what we call the United States Sibley chart. There was a, a Mason named Ebenezer Sibley, and he was believed to be the one who recorded when the founding fathers started dipping their pens into the you know, ink wells and started shining. So it was about 5, 10 p.m., they said, when the church bells rang. Now, other astro astrologers dispute that, but I find that one's pretty accurate. Well, anyways, where am I going with all this? Because it fits into Biden and Trump and the insanity that we're seeing right now. The United States is really ready to have what we call a sidereal Pluto return. Now, you might say, okay, great, Jeff, what does that mean? Well, Pluto, even though I know they've demeaned it from being a planet, you know, if you look at its glyph, it's the sun over the crescent, over the cross. So it's very, very powerful. And a lot of people even dispute if Pluto is a planet. They say, well, it's too long, too little, right? And then others say, oh, no, no, we're going to put it back in. The only thing I can tell you, after observing Pluto for a long, long time, like 48 years now, I got to tell you, Pluto... When you got a Pluto transit in your chart that's difficult, you will feel it. When you have a good Pluto transit, when I say good and bad, I'm talking about like squares and oppositions are very challenging. They're like traffic. They slow you down and stop you. Uh, trines and sextiles are very positive. They're smooth and flowing. It's like going down a road with your favorite music on. So when you have good music, good music going on with your planets in your chart, or a country does, things tend to go well. Well, right now, the United States has some really bad music going on. It's got a Pluto return. What might that mean? Destruction. That's what it means. In fact, to give you a little idea what that means, the Roman Empire divided up and had great dissension on its first Pluto return, which only happens about every 240 to 250 years. It's not exact, but approximately that. The second time the Roman Empire had it, it was destroyed. And if you look back at most countries, nations, etc., they really have a tough time at the 250 mile mark, 250 year mile mark. And the United States is there right now. Do we need astrology? I mean, they're flooding the border. Not only are they flooding the border, the UN and the people behind Biden, because I don't think Biden can walk, he can't find his way in and out of a room. Mm -hmm. But the people running this place, the real owners, George Carlin talked about, they're flying people in here. And interestingly enough, young males, all of military age, seem to be getting nice tickets all the way in and all their clearances and security. And where are they going? No one really knows. So just take that into account. Plus, you've got the Soros and the rest of the bankers funding all this push for no police, you know, uh, strength. And, and if they can, their hands are tied behind their back. Plus, you're seeing lawmakers, governors, district attorneys let people out of jail, get out of jail free card. You don't even have to go in. You don't know bail. Get out of here. Go do it again. And then you have the worst thing of all. And these are the two elements that I really think are destructive on this country far greater than we might fully realize. When you take the energy 
and you strip it away like they're doing. They're they're stopping, you know, any drilling. They're stopping any coal. Now, I granted, everybody out there will say, "Oh, but he's he's bad in the environment, right?" And but here's the thing: if he had an alternative replacement, that would be great. But they don't. Wind and electric doesn't cut it. I mean, they're taxing the power grids. I'm talking to people in the trucking industry. They say, well, "There's no way we're going to survive," you know adding 10,000 pounds plus to our battery systems. And then we got to have the drivers sit there and wait every three to 500 miles to recharge. Yeah, I know. Forget. Please. So what is it doing? It's jacking the cost through the roof. There's your inflation right there. But here's what's even the final nail in the coffin. The owners at the top of the pyramid who are, again, not the politicians in Washington. I'm talking the people that print the money. They're the ones behind the Fed who nobody mysteriously knows, all right? So what's interesting is what are they doing? They're raising the rate. The Fed has never raised interest rates quite like this since the Depression. And, you know, I, I did a podcast on my podcast, uh, my, my YouTube channel, that people should check out where we talk about that, you know, the whole issue with the, the forces behind this. And Wilson gave it to him. In fact, that was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, very similar but different to the one that we saw on COVID. Isn't that interesting? In 1917, we had that another pandemic come out, Saturn-Pluto conjunction. See, and what happened? Wilson signed the country over to the Federal Reserve, to the bankers. And Thomas Jefferson and George Washington both were reported to have said, if anyone ever gets to print our money, they're going to be more dangerous than any standing army. So the United States, right now as we speak, is probably in one of the most dangerous times it's ever, ever been in. Now, it's never experienced a, a Pluto return. Let me ask you this, uh, Jeff. When you when you go through the history and you see these, and, and you're not the only one who has done this on this show, where you come on and you traverse, I don't know, hundreds if not thousands of years worth of history, you line yeah. it up against the uh, you know, planetary you know, motion and all that stuff, sure. and, and you say... Look at this pattern. Look, look, look. You're just talking about this and banking, uh, uh, banking calamities. This one, this thing, and the other. Uh, and so it always comes down to me. Do you, in your gut, do you believe that this is something that people are just naturally, naturally inclined to do at certain times, or it is planned at certain times for a certain effect, or or what? Do you think? Like, I I always am very curious about the. The, the joining of human action and intent with what is going on above above our heads. Um, I, I'm starting to understand the link between the physical and, you know, that whole link between the two. But uh, I, I, what, what do you think? you think it's part of the planning or is it just that's what we're inclined to do in these conditions? I, I think it might be both. I really do. Um, from what I've seen, it, it really appears that, Major like 9-11, just for more recent stuff, happened precisely on a Saturn-Pluto opposition. I was actually talking to a friend of mine in Tucson, Arizona. I was in Beverly Hills at the time, and I said, something's going to happen. I said, we have a Saturn-Pluto opposition. Something is going to come down. The next day, I watched the towers come down like sparklers from jet fuel. And anyone who has an IQ above room temperature knows there's a whole bunch more that went on with 9-11 than anybody's talking about. You can't have buildings do what they did. That was a controlled implosion. Architects traveled the country and the globe 
trying to demonstrate that. These are guys who are engineers, structural engineers, not people who are just talking on a podcast. These are people that really knew what they were doing. And they all said it's physically impossible for those who have done what they did with the structural intact. They couldn't get press at all. So is it engineered? Yeah. If you ever read things like the Iron Mountain Report and other things that have surfaced, I think we have something going on on this planet that's far, far deeper than just the good guys and the bad guys. Um, we have a demonic force here and a divine force that seems to be at war. And I think that's what's going on right now. And this gets back to Trump and Biden. Um, these people do not want Donald Trump in the White House. And I think they will do anything to keep him out. And I mean anything, including put a bullet in his head, crash his plane, or incarcerate him. They're, they're, in fact, proof of it is they've tried all of that so far. The um, and, and Joe Biden, I mean, I don't even know it's him three quarters of the time. I really believe uh, he is completely senile. And um, he's being led around. They, they can't even find his way in and out of the room. And he can't. He can't. He can't even get in and out of stage. It's, stairs all. It's over depressing. It it's depressing to watch. It, it, it really is. It watch. is. It's creepy yeah. that they think they can pull this off on us. You know, uh, John F. Kennedy said very interestingly. He, you know, I think what killed Kennedy is he was printing U.S. Treasury notes. He was actually getting rid of the Federal Reserve notes, and anybody can look it up. I think that's what killed him. And um, that's a big no-no. You don't go against the owners. George Carlin was right. Forget the politicians. You have owners. And this is, you know, we all know about BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and the other conglomerates. Well, who's running them? See, now you get to the core of who's really at the top of the pyramid. And I think this is what's going on right now. We have a war going on between the globalists and the nationalists, and the astrology shows it. Now, Donald Trump, has a very interesting situation. He won the presidency in 2016, precisely when primary directed sun went across to send it. Now, people may say, well, what does that mean? Well, when all of us are born, the earth is like a time machine. Literally, it's really bizarre. And this is not an astrology I have come up with. This is handed down from antiquity, and nobody knows where it comes from. But when we're all spanked on the rear end, each rotation of the earth equals a year. And even if you're a flat earther, it doesn't matter. The cycle of the diurnal, meaning sunrise, noon, sunset, and midnight, equals a day. And in progressions, that plays itself back backwards as a day equals a year. So the next 100 days after all of us are born equals the next 100 years if we live that long. Same thing for a country. Well, Donald Trump just happened to have, and everybody's going to have a different progression, the sun crosses the center almost the exact day he took the office. It took, he won the election. And that's why I knew he was going to win. He lost, or I, I hate to say that, but whatever. The, the election went the way it went. Yeah. When Uranus, by primary direction, crossed his ascendant. Disruption. Now, here's the next interesting thing. Donald Trump, for the first time in his life, has transiting, not progress, transiting. That means, transiting means planets in the sky. We all have that going on in our birth charts. Well, it takes about 84 to 86 years for Uranus to go around the chart, or you could say the sun. 
See, that's that's called a synodic cycle. It's a fancy word. It just means how long it takes to go around its orbit. So in a birth chart, when we're all born, each single year that we go forward, Uranus is going to be somewhere. Well, Donald Trump just happens to have Uranus transiting his midheaven. Now, you might say, okay, what does that mean? The midheaven for all of us is the house of career vocation, what we do in life. It's how we comport out to the world who and what we are. Well, Donald Trump begins Uranus transiting his 10th house or the midheaven three times this year. When does it start? Right in April. Now, you talk about disruption. They're going to throw everything they can at this guy. They're going to try and get a conviction on him one way or another. They're going to try, and I, and I really believe they'll try an, an assassination attempt. I think that's been happening from what I've heard many times already. And then, and all they got to do is, is get to somebody in the Secret Service, and they will get them. Um, the thing that tips the scale about Trump is for the first time in 12 years, he's going to have Jupiter, which is the blessings on the soul, cross his midheaven right in May this year. It's late April, uh, early May. Now, you might say, well, what does that mean? Well, Jupiter crossing the midheaven tips the scales. See, if you were to study your birth chart, this is one of the things I do every day in readings. When I look at a person's cycles, one of the first places I go, where is Jupiter and what's it doing? Because it is always the blessings and expansion on the soul. Not only is it the largest planet in the solar system, but it always brings a benefit to the house it's in. Well, the 10th house is your status, your career. So he's very likely to see a roller coaster ride that is off the charts this year, already has. But when Jupiter hits, that could save him. That's Supreme Court stuff. That's rulings in his favor or things dissolving. So he's got a real shot at winning this, except you got, remember, the globalists and the nationalists are really at war here. They want digital currency, microchips in your forehead, or wherever else they can get them. Right. They don't care. Um, and they they already got them in your phone. We're all carrying them around everywhere. Right? They got them in your car. They got them everywhere. So they got them in your TVs. They got them in your computers. So, and that stuff is much more stealthy than we'll ever know. Um, trust me, you got a TV, a cell phone, a, a computer. There is hackware you can get right in there and watch what you're doing and listen to every word you say. And uh, so, so you know, you, they don't have to track us. They they already do. Our phones do it for us. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of it right now is we've talked about this a lot in the past there too. When, when you're talking about just uh, uh, control and surveillance. Everything up to this point has been voluntary. You know, you just put the gadgets in our hands Completely. and we just we just want to share everything about where we are. And uh, even if we're not sharing about it, it's just following us around and we're OK. Uh, but but, you know, as far as what you're talking about with uh, Trump's chart, I can see this being a, you know, a, another strong profile, something that's going in his favor in a year that is nuts. And then on the other hand, like you said, there. There's there's no there's nothing left on the t in fact the the only thing that is on the table is tribulation, um you know somebody on Twitter uh, the the war clandestine account said this this was a couple this was yesterday said okay Trump is going to be the GOP nominee now the question is what do the uh, what does the other side do do they stick with Biden or wheel out a new candidate. 
Do they release another virus uh, to use mail-in voting again? Do they? Well, st- they're working on that one already, and they, now they're already they're they're mind controlling us already. Oh, remember, folks, this is the X virus. It'll be 10, 20 times as worse as COVID. See, this is the game they play. There is nothing, and I do repeat, there is nothing these people will not do to get their agendas put in place. This isn't about Biden. Then Biden ain't running this place. I can tell you that right now. The the owners are running this place. I don't think presidents has ever have ever run this place since probably Wilson forward. And and the few that have have had a lot of resistance. You know, that's that's why they rubbed out Kennedy. He was trying. He, he actually said these words. I remember it in the 60s. He said, it appears the presidency is being used for something other than what it was intended for. <laughs> now, when a president says that in front of a camera on a microphone to the nation, that's a pretty severe, you know, statement. And, uh, you know, so he's he was basically making a declaration that, hey, you know, you you got people running this place, and Eisenhower warned about this stuff. He said, you know, there is a secret force course. He called it the military-industrial complex, but I think it's much higher than that. You know, I mean, you look at uh, what, what's going on. Do you, do you know who the great beneficiaries are of these wars? It's all the military manufacturers. It is the vanguards, the Black Rots, the State Streets, but it's the military manufacturers. It's the business of war. I I think it was Rothschild said it. He said, I make more in one day of war than I do in a year of peace. And I'll bet he makes more than that, actually. So, yeah, this is amazing, crazy stuff. Now, back to your question, Biden, will he run? Um, I think they're going to try and run the surrogate Biden or whatever you want to call him. Um, They're keeping the illusion going. It's eerie, eerie stuff. But I I also think... um, you know, it's going to be so hard for them to win this election because from what I see, and, you know, I was on a radio show and and I won't mention who, but I really think Trump won that last election. I'm not siding with Trump or siding with anybody else. I think it was it was hacked and stolen from what the astrology says. I really do. And it's pretty obvious COVID was a great vehicle which to do that. Now, whether you hate Trump or you like Trump or you like Biden or you hate Biden, doesn't matter. The facts when I looked objectively at the interrogation astrology, to me, it looked like that was a snow job. And I think they're going to pull something just like it this year. I really do. In fact, pandemic or deepening of war is two tools they would use. The other one that's scary for me, see, the United States has something going on besides just the Pluto return. There's never one thing. There's a Neptune opposition Neptune. Okay, now you might say, well, what does that mean? Well, Neptune takes 180 years to go around a birth chart. So most of us won't live long enough to see that one. I guarantee it. And if you do, I want to know what you're eating for breakfast. But the bottom line is, the country is. So 180 years ago, it was there. Well, hmm, isn't that pretty close when the Civil War was? So here, what's interesting is we have, what does it mean? Deception. Total deception. This is where they blow smoke up your rear end and tell you it's a sunny day. And this is what's been going on. This whole climate change ruse, and I'm not here to get political, but but this there's people who know a lot more about the science of the sun and the weather than I do, and they're all saying the same thing. This is a ruse. It's actually getting colder. The weather is erratic, but this is to do with the magnetics of the sun, and we may be passing through the center 
of the galactic uh, center, which some people say is Orphicus. Other people say we're passing through the dark rift. No one really knows, but it sure seems like we're passing through something. And this has happened before. This is deep sidereal astrology. And personally, I think the weather may even get more erratic. It's done this many times before throughout history. Well, the interesting thing is what is happening now is they're using this to get their climate change agenda. And this is exactly what they're doing. And uh, I, I can tell you, this is why they want to break the middle class of not only the United States, but of the entire Western world. They want to break it down and put in communism. This is where they're going with this. Well, let me let me ask you I this. Gotta and, and I got to tell you, if if uh, this isn't Republican and Democrat, this is new one world order versus um, sovereign nations. That's where we're really at. On that, because you're, you're talking about, um, obviously, middle class, you also went back to the 2020 election and what you, not, not, not what you personally think was going on, but of course what the, what the astrology uh, said. My question to you is, do you know of, if, I don't know if you call it karma or anything like that, or is there any cosmic repercussions that you know of for stealing? Uh, what we what we had had seen like for for example when you have a situation oh yeah. when you have a situation where it's just like the the will of people whether or not they and i said oh, putting aside who donald the, the candidates were and whether or not they are anywhere near perfect men uh or or anything like that but when you have people who are going out there and consenting to voting for one person or another and a result that was legitimate is then through every means elbows twisted shoulders popped out just for another reality forced on top of the legitimate result what does that kind of that what is that kind of stealing does is there any cosmic repercussions that pop up along the way in history that you see oh yeah i mean i think that's why we're all here i really do the the, in, in Nadi astrology and in the ancient Kabbalistic stuff, they actually say the earth is the soul cauldron. It's where spirit manifests. You know, we all look at everything as the material, the physical. Our lower conscious minds are really the interface to the five senses and this three-dimensional perception of reality. It's not us. <clears throat> and yes, this world's very real. And yes, there's time for us in this lower dense dimension. But when you talk about karma... Oh, my God, that's the yogas in astrology. Modern astrologers will run around and tell you, oh, you're a Pisces, you're an Aries, and all this love, light, and clueless crap. And it is crap. The sidereal Vedic and Nadi astrology specifically states you get the yogas in your chart because of the karma, good or bad, or in the middle, that you've accrued from lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. I mean, let's face it, the average life is somewhere between 70. We're lucky if we hit 100. You know, you get a few people that'll stray into 102, 110, but that's pretty rare. Mm. The average lifespan is somewhere in the 70s to the 80s, <clears throat> at least productively. Well, that's pretty short when you look at time. I mean, in terms of earth years. So the soul is outside of time. The spirit is outside of time. The lower conscious mind is not. 
See, when we were spanked on the rear end, there's something in the ancient Aramaic that's called the nefesh. It's a strange word that's really the synonym to the conscious mind. And yet we all have intuition, we all what we call a conscience, all this stuff. So karmas that are created not only individually, but collectively have a huge effect of a boomerang coming back. And that's very mysterious stuff. I see this, um, one of the most coolest things that I do for readings for people is the Vedic astrology doshas and the nadi progressions. And Nadi spelled N-A-A-D-I. Some people spell it with one N, or one A, I mean. And what's so fascinating about that is you talk about cycles. I mean, I have seen people at the pinnacle of success crash to the bottom right when certain yogas release in the doshas in the, in the Vedic chart. I've also seen the opposite, where they go from the sewer up to great heights, or some will never progress. You see why people are deformed. The progressions in a birth chart are so accurate, it's creepy. Like, for instance, I've seen people who have had traumatic accidents, or I'm, I'm one of them, I had a bad motorcycle accident in the 70s, right exactly when I had a progressed Mars conjunct Mercury. And you see this, I've had many things throughout my life that were just so accurate, it was creepy to the releasement of karmas, both good and ill. And you have to say, well, what is this? The same thing with the nation. See, the United States has a Pluto return. This is when karmas come back upon it. And you have to remember, too, <clears throat> the people, all of us, are, are running, all running on different clocks. The, the astrology is not us. The astrology might be the interactive consciousness. They're almost like portals, the, the planets. Think of them as satellite-type portals that are interacting, which each soul completely, individually, and uniquely. Just like a satellite can transmit billions of signals, and not one of them are the same. You see what I'm saying? They can all hold their each individual data and transmission of energies. And this is what's going on. So the Earth, that's why a lot of commanders who've come forward about UFOs, UAPs, they've said, they've been told, if there's an all-out nuclear war, there will be an intervention to stop it. Now, that could be angelic, that could be extraterrestrial, or it even could be terrestrial. And I think there's a lot of beings on this planet. And then you get into DNA. You know, back in the 50s, Sir Francis Crick and Watson, they all came up with this structure of DNA. Look, look, oh my God, everything's got this exceedingly complex informational structure that's resonating, has a life force energy. That's why your DNA, everyone else's DNA is completely different than anyone else's in terms of its uniqueness. Well, now we get into the soul and the spirit. And I really believe there's a connection here between the soul, the karma, the spirit, and the lower DNA. And this is what's interesting. Every culture on the world talks about the demonic spirits, right? There's a war in heaven, and the, and the angels cast down the bad guys, right? Of course, in the West, we call them the devil, right? But it's actually Lucifer, Satan, Belial, and Leviathan. There's four. And beneath that, there's eight sub-princes beneath that, and it keeps going down. And again, it's not my, you know, innovation. This is ancient knowledge. And if you go into the Hunas of Hawaii, the Egyptians, the Chaldeans, the Tibetan Lamas, the Vedantic stuff, the Chinese stuff, all these old cultures, the Mayan, they all tell the same similar story. 
where there's this war and these evil spirits were cast down. Well, I believe, and there, there's some pretty compelling evidence to, I, I believe, prove it. And that is our DNA might have gotten intertwined with the demonic forces. And if you look at the helical scans in DNA, they actually say there's the reptilian portions of the brain and the DNA locked right into our existence. Personally, I think we are all here purifying and rectifying the soul. And I think some souls go one way, they might go down the rabbit hole to some really dark stuff, and other ones will escape from Alcatraz and get the hell out of here. So karma is a really complex thing. And I can tell you, Vedic and Nadi astrology, it's eerie how accurate it is. The moon's nodes, the eclipse points, the moon's north and south nodes are known as the head and the tail of the dragon. That's where the dragon legend came from. Very interesting stuff. Because when those eclipse points line up in specific ways in your birth chart, you're out of here. You, you exit the physical plane that we call death. And it's pretty stunning how accurate it is. Well, that works. Th that works out very, uh, I mean, that, that works out pretty logically then. When you think about, you think about the act of, I don't know, in 2020's standpoint, the act of taking, not, it wasn't even just about an election, because it was about taking an entire calendar year, taking an entire year of billions of people's lives, putting them on hold, forcing many of them into unemployment, all different types of terrible situations, coercion with the with big pharma, uh, you know, stunting children's developmental uh, growth in, in, in school and everything like that. The, the it, it was a very, very terrible thing to do on an entire species. Oh, it was a grenade in society. No Absolutely. But, but, but all to be able to put an undue amount of manipulative pressure on the way that they are going to try to alter behaviors and to be able to manufacture uh, at least the illusion of consent for what they were always planning on stealing at the end of the year. And that is just on now the back, now back to what you were saying. Is it by happenstance in interaction with the heavens or was it planned? I think the latter more than just happenstance. Oh, yes. Because these things don't just happen in a vacuum. When you look back, even though nobody will ever get prosecuted for 9-11, nobody will ever get prosecuted for World War One and World War II and all the stuff that we've heard, the rumors, you know, the same bankers funded Hitler as funded the United States. And I could prove that because there's something, if anybody looks them up, they're called Rhinelby Union bonds, they're called Ruhr gas bonds, all these electric bonds, all issued by whom? The United States Treasury Department to the Republic of Germany in 1933. Guess when they were callable? In 1945. Hmm. Wait a minute. Is that when the war ended? It's, it's like clockwork. And then you look at the same thing in Japan. They funded Japan, bought them all this money, and then we sold them steel that they shot back at us. So when you look at these wars, just like what's going on in the Middle East right now? Okay, Iran is getting backdoor funding from all sides. The floodgates were opened. And now what do we see? All Iran and the Houthis and all these other people are, are causing all this dissension and trouble. And a lot of people are dying. It's, it's crazy. The innocent ones are the ones that didn't have anything to do with it. The warmongers are the ones who do, and it's usually to the bankers. Yeah, and you know, you know, into into that point because of it's a it's such a large operation across the world. I think that just to tie all this in with karma and whether or not there's any kind of uh, there's any kind of I don't know cosmic repercussions for 
doing something so manipulative and deceptive to a large amount of people. Uh, I think that we're seeing that right here. There is a a lot of there's a thinning of the barrier of communications, uh, Jeff. There's a that's that's number one. Because why do you think the evil spirits are evil? Why do you think they're I think they're incarcerated here at the molecular level of creation itself. Look at every atom, positive, negative, all juxtaposing around some central point. You know, you got the neutrinos, you got all these things and the various different particles of an atom. But isn't that interesting? All matter down in this lower dense physical plane is balanced. Well, we see what happens when it gets unbalanced. You get nuclear fission and chaos, you know. So it's pretty wild stuff. It is. It is. And that, and and of course that that blowback for that the karma. It I mean that 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 is what we're seeing right now where it's we're becoming a little bit harder. I know that there it is we're we're under-resourced. We have the manpower. We have the beating human hearts like I like I always love to point out. We actually have the good stuff that makes human humanity human. Uh we don't have all the money we don't have the printing presses we don't have the armies we don't have any of that uh, that that stuff but you know you can see where having all those resources is nothing in what in comparison to being able to have people believe what you say and less and less people are believing what is said and that's what i'm seeing a lot more here too like i said there's a thinning of this barrier of communications where things that used to be verboten uh, even when, it, even if it comes to comfortably dissenting against, uh, you know, comfortable uh, dissent against uh, uh, Israel, uh, anything that they're doing, calling them out, that used to be verboten at one point. The WEF openly mocking everything that happens at Davos and pointing it out for the transhumanist garbage that it is. This is stuff that was not very popular or even very, I don't know, um, you know, grasped uh, a while ago. And I know that we're not critical mass yet, but Man, if these overreaches, if these overreaches and these uh, these thefts and these manipulations have done anything, it has definitely given us um, previously, un, uh, you know, previously, you know, I would say it would give us momentum that was previously not there, and I do think that that's what we have going for us at this point, and it can only be it can only be categorized for me as blowback. Yeah, I, I think karmic blow. Well, you know, when you really look at I, I love to show, I, I have this on my YouTube podcast all the time. I'm actually going to be speaking at the Conscious Life Expo on February 11th uh, at the L.A. Hilton. There's a, It's a pretty big expo. I don't know if you get out here for that, but um, fun stuff. And we're talking about this same subject that you and I are speaking about right now, which is the universe is truly a matrix of interactive consciousness. And all this stuff, you know, when we look at, there's an old saying, people get better one by one, but they go crazy in congregations. And I think there's some truth to that. That's a good one. You know, when you when you follow the, the, the crowd, you tend to get into groupthink. When you Get your consciousness one by one going forward. Because when we exit these meat suits called bodies, our karma, our path and consciousness is the only thing that's really going to matter. And it's very, very, very powerful to realize that. And that's what they want to keep you from knowing. See, the earth is a trap. It's interesting because the moon is a very mysterious vessel. There's many conspiracy theories about the moon. But in Vedic astrology, there's a lunar mansion. It's also in Chaldean and Egyptian and Greek astrology. There's 28 lunar mansions. In Vedic astrology, there's 27. 
but the older Vedic astrologer uses 28. And what's interesting about that, that's another zodiac between the earth and the moon. Well, you might say, okay, great, what does it mean? Well, it seems the soul gets trapped on the lower astral plane until it becomes self-aware. So, and I've never seen more polarization right now in this world than we see right now. People are mind-controlled. And the minute you become self-aware that you're being mind-controlled, you change, you shift, right? And, you know, I mean, I get so many people, if you're listening to certain news networks, you are going to hate so-and-so. If you're listening to other news networks, you're going to hate the other party. It, it, and you got to rise above. This is not about Republican, Democratic. It is about people trying to take over the sovereignty of this nation and other nations. They are literally out to create a new one world order. And this is more creepy than communism ever was, because now you have the technical capability. Everyone's got it right in their own hands, their own cell phones, their own TVs, their own cars. It's all right there. And this, this is a dangerous time to be mind-controlled. So when we start waking up and seeing that, hey, I'm a soul having a physical experience, and the same evil forces that have existed throughout history are the same ones operating behind this. And, and it is. I mean, you you look at the—there's uh, so many people out there. You know, a lot of people bust on them. But David Icke's had a lot of very intelligent stuff that he's unearthed through various different people. And some of these people are ancient tribes out of Africa, different places— and, you know, look, look at Princess Diana. She says, they're not human. Well, maybe they're not. You know, I've actually seen shape-shifting. And it's very interesting when you start looking at this human body, a lot of things can possess it. In fact, that's one of the—there's a great text called the Shar'ar Hagilgam, which means the gates of reincarnation. And it breaks down all the constituent parts of the lower conscious mind, the spirit, then something kind of strange is called the neshama, which is the karmic vessel that each of us have in, in, interconnected with our soul. Well, what is that? That's what you were mentioning earlier, the karma. Saturn, if you look at its glyph, is the cross over the crescent of the moon. It is literally the karmic gunny sack we're all dragging around from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. But like a multidimensional switch, it's different for every individual. And the ancient Vedantic astrology and the Nadi astrology actually knew a lot about this. They could actually see when a soul was getting ready to move. I see it all the time in readings. Like I just had an individual today, had a Kalasarpa yoga. What does that mean? That means all the planets are in between the moon's eclipse points on one side or the other. That means that soul has incarnated a lot, and they're at critical mass to jettison a lot of things. They're, they're at, at a critical point where they're being put through a lot of trials and tribulations, but that ultimately will release the soul one way or another. Okay, well, we and got it's powerful we, stuff. Okay, I have a couple of big picture qu uh, questions more. I want to wrap this. I want to get some conclusions on this will you uh stick with me on to, to the other side of the intermission yeah okay it's a two minute break i'm gonna put you on mute i'm gonna unmute you on the other side of that and you uh you go have yourself a coffee and I'll, i will we're gonna be right back with with jeff Harmon. it's gonna be a good one it really is ladies and gentlemen i have some bigger questions to ask and uh, he'll be right right with us so here's what you're gonna do and i hope that you come along i'm going to very humbly invite you
to click the pill.net link in the description below. I've also tweeted it all out. That, uh, if that is not fast enough for you, you can always go to quitefrankly.tv. It's my home page. Uh, that's where that's the home of the Quite Frankly Network right there on quitefrankly.tv. Press play. That's it. You don't have to put a token into the meter. You don't have to put anything in. That's it. There's no paywall and no holds barred. And we're going to have a little bit more with Jeff Harmon and then your calls and some other things I want to read onto the record. So please join us for the second hour over there. That would be wonderful. And afterwards, this full thing will be uploaded to Rockfin and Rumble and uh, and all the, the podcast platforms. Over the weekend, I'm sure we'll take this entire uh, thing and we'll uh, scrunch it down just to the interview and put it up on YouTube for a late night premiere on a Saturday. People love those. I loved it over the weekend. So go and uh, I'll see you over there. Quite frankly, TV. Pilled.net. We will be right back with Jeff Harmon. The rest of the show is available exclusively at Pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over. Quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and Pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
get some refreshments. Jeff, are you feeling all right? All right. I'm here. He's here. Now, I wanted to ask. I can share the screen if you want me to show stuff. Sure. I mean, hey, we can do that. I have a couple more questions to ask you. And, and you know, one of them is actually even more general than anything. It's something I was curious about. But just to make sure that we have this all encapsulated into a nice nutshell, Donald Trump has a strong chart, even though he has demonic globalist forces that are willing to do anything to overrule anything that he may have in his favor. Joe Biden is just a, a tulpa, really. He's a mental projection. I really, I, I can't. It's all he is. I can't see. I can't see that anything really being. Let me ask you a little bit of an addendum to the Joe Biden thing, which is really not a uh, a very compelling question because. Like you said, um, for what kind of tools that they have available to them that they showed us in 2020, as I like to say, they could have made a three-legged Cocker Spaniel president, and it wouldn't matter at that point. But They pretty much did. <laughs> I know. It's a complete steel, a stillbirth. But I would say um, there are still a large amount of people who are now asking the age-old question again, is it Michelle Obama? Have you ever looked into her or... Michelle, yeah, I mean, here, let, let me let's look at that. Um, is that possible, on. you think? Well, I've heard this repeatedly, you know, and X22 and so many others are repeatedly saying, you know, Michelle Obama's gonna run, they're gonna Walter in at the last second. Um, I, I don't see that, but you know, I'm gonna cast a chart on it because it's been asked so many times. So, what I'm doing right now is I'm casting an interrogation chart. So, um Will Michelle Obama run? Did we say Michael or I'm sorry, Michelle? Yeah, right. just, w w okay. Either or. I, I just try to stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just see. Sorry, I blew up. I, I do that from time to time. Um, <clears throat> uh, I would tend to say, again, I'd be stunned. I, I, I'd be stunned if, if that happens. Um, I, I don't think it would fly. <clears throat> I I, I kind of get this chart shows, interestingly enough, they're going to try and run her. But I, I don't I think they want her to run. I mean, they've been trying to get all kinds of people to run. They wanted Dwayne Johnson to run. Um, there's been a lot of people. I, I think Gruesome, also known as Gavin Newsom, would be uh, another candidate, except I think his hands are so dirty, it's going to be really hard to get him in there. Um, they got a real problem. This is why I don't trust these guys. They're about to pull something huge. Now, the astrology says this April is might be when it begins because you have a Saturn-Mars conjunction. <clears throat> or I should say a Mars-Saturn conjunction. Now, that happens every two years. But this one is a lot more malefic because Rahu, the moon's north node, is with it in Vedic astrology. That's an eclipse point. So the most dangerous thing is what comes in this September. The United States has a primary-directed Saturn conjuncting the United States Mars. Plain English, that has never happened before, never going to happen again. And I think some very dangerous things have just happened in this country that we haven't seen manifest yet. And that was started in November, the floodgates that they have been moving into this country. 
Um, and I really, I've heard the Maquila Dora down in Mexico has been tunneled into, and there's all kinds of terrorist activities that could come loose very soon. When? Might be in April. Might be in April and definitely this fall. So they want maximum dissension and disruption. And I think if they can get another pandemic, they'll release it. I mean, Biden's already signed over the country. The WHO will take over all sovereign nations the second there's another declared pandemic. They own it. They run it. Forget it, the governments. Especially you know, especially the cyber, stuff. the pandemic of the cyber persuasion as well. They've been talking about cyber pandemic for a long time. And yep. uh, it, there should be no reason not to... Uh, to think that these multiple things would be done at once. Let me ask you about this, though. Um, what about natural phenomenon? What about Carrington events, earthquakes, volcanoes, things like that? Uh, are you a ever able to um, to be able to, to to get these things on the radar with any level? Oh, yeah, of you can ask interrogations about anything. Um, I don't get that, that. I think we're always going to see events like that. Um, the Pacific Rim looks like it's going to be more active. But I'm not getting anything that's as catastrophic that would be like election disrupting. I could be wrong, but that's what the chart says. Okay. It says much more likely to be man-made. Um, and again, you know, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but today, Alex Soros, who's now taking over the, you know, the work for daddy, um, George Soros, which, you know, again, he's certainly not at the top of the pyramid, but these you watch these lower-level guys, and you see that there's a lot going on. Well, I can tell you, he just put out a thing. He tweeted out, bullet holes in 47, you know, and then there's a hand with money next to it. They're pretty creepy stuff, um, you know, and you put that one together, you know, 47, 47th president. So they do not want Trump in at all they they will do anything to stop it you know the architect of 911 who certainly i don't think he was the creator but he certainly was the implementer dick cheney uh or the implementer um well well uh, george bush we call him the shrub was playing on the um on the floor with the dog uh james baker and cheney were running the whole orchestration of 911 the propaganda the media and it worked like clockwork and we went and got no weapons of mass destruction, but we sure got all the oil. And all the oil in Iraq right now is being sold and put right back into USD in the Federal Reserve. And um, it's it's quite interesting how we confiscated the most valuable oil in the world. You, you can't believe anything you hear. This is this has literally been a psyops of mind control. And I do believe there's karma that comes back. And I think this is going to boomerang back on them. But uh, the United States is in dire trouble right now, more than we've ever seen before. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very dangerous time. Oh, yeah. Especially when you come, when, when it talks, to, when you talk about legitimacy on the world stage, that's something that even if the the stated reason and motivation for being out into the world conducting one operation or another uh, even if the the level of believability was a little bit higher at one point, it's just that's gone. The the effectiveness, everything is gone. And of course, reporting has become so decentralized with the internet. It's just a lot harder to to manage this stuff. And it, it is falling apart now. Uh, again, here we all are. It's the little people at the bottom. 
you know, if this thing does come down, we're right at ground zero. And um, and hopefully we're able to insulate ourselves a little bit. And let me ask you about about something else. It's a little bit more widespread now. Um, in your 50 years doing so much of this, talk a little bit about maybe we'll do this to to almost wrap it up here. Um, talk a little bit about modern prophets and visionaries. In your 50 years, have you come to know anyone with uncanny ability to see future events with high detail and accuracy, and but not by analyzing star charts. I mean pure clairvoyance, whether they go into a Edgar Cayce-like trance state or whatever it is. Um, d- d- tell me about that. Well, yeah, I've worked with a lot of remote gr- viewing groups. I've actually had several have me do studies on when they would hit targets and when they wouldn't, and if there was any astrology that supported that. I got to say... I have great respect for psychics. I think they work very, very well on certain individual basis. But just like we heard so many remote viewers hit the wall in 2012, they couldn't see past it. It was almost as though the world, they couldn't they couldn't tell what was going to happen after 2012. And of course, you know, I, I was never concerned about 2012. I, I, I just thought the whole Mayan calendar thing, I couldn't plug into it. What was accurate was the star charts, or you could say the cycles of astronomy. That's really what they are. They're not star charts. They're cycles of astronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, have I run into anyone who I would say has nailed the future. No. Uh, Nostradamus is very sexy because, you know, a lot of people have translated Nostradamus. I remember in 1977 walking out of a theater, uh, Orson Welles had uh, narrated a movie called The Late Great Planet Earth, and they were 100% sure from the translations of Nostradamus that we were going to be destroyed as a human race. The world was going to access tip. Everything was going to be destroyed no later than 1985. In 1991, there was going to be an access tip, 1,000 miles an hour winds, atomizing cities. So I've I've ran into a lot of psychics. Some of them are really good on individual basis. But I haven't ran into anybody that has called exactly what's going to happen. And I think part of the reason why is karma itself. There is collective free will, and all of us have elementals that we emit out of the third eye chakra. Our fear, our beliefs, our angers, our happiness, our prayers, our intentions have a huge effect on the astral plane and the etheric energy that surrounds this earth. And I really say, you know, no matter what belief in divinity anyone has, Trust in that far more than you do these evil bastards running this place, because Mm. there's always it always ends up where divinity wins. The good always usurps evil, even though evil creates a lot of trouble. And the reason why I believe divinity is incarcerated evil, and that's why evil is a part of this particular lower dimensional creation. It and why look at everything that's born will grow, it will mature, it will atrophy, it will decay, and it will die on the physical plane. Not on the spiritual, but on the physical plane. Everything, I don't care if it's a leaf or a human being or an animal, everything has a finite cycle. And this is the divinity 
of this soul cauldron called Earth. But the Earth always keeps going. It always survives. And I believe there's angelic forces and quite possibly extraterrestrial and terrestrial forces here that see that happen. And, you know, there's secrets, like in the Book of Enoch, talks about the giants, the flood of Noah. We've heard about the Cabbage Patch styles, the Tartarian stuff. There's mysteries that have gone on on this planet that are not in the history books, and they're not anywhere. I've seen things throughout my life that is kind of mind-boggling. And you just go, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, this is a place where spirit manifests, and countries come and countries go. I think this one might be the... Phoenix rising out of the ashes. I think if they don't shoot Trump, he's probably going to win unequivocally. Um, I think they're going to do anything they can to keep him out. And that Uranus crossing his midheaven proves it. So, you know, I, I haven't run into anybody who, you know, and I've got a lot of really great friends that I have great respect for who are psychics. Um, but they're always somewhat close, never right on. It's just like astrology. Any honest astrologer will say when it comes to global or worldly things, we will sit like 9-11, I knew something was going to happen. Do we know what? I knew it was going to be fascist, but I didn't know that they were going to rig buildings and blow them to the ground. Same thing with COVID. I said, shit is going to hit the fan when the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happens, because it always does, every time. I mean, World War One and the Federal Reserve Act, they stole the country right on a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Just after that, what do we have? We had the pandemic in 1917, which was horrible. I think proportionately more people might have died by far in 1917 than they did in COVID. You know, they're just working out with the vaccines and everything else. So the the and that ain't over with yet either. Uh, according to most doctors. So this has always been a war of good and evil. And I think there's too much divinity to ever call things 100%. Now, some people do. I've seen some psychic call stuff right on. You know, Edgar Casey predicted a lot of stuff that was right on. But it was also somewhat a little bit nebulous. And I think we have to always allow for the contingency of free will and karma. And uh, there's cycles that go on. I know between now and 2000, they struck in 19, I'm sorry, in 2020. They knew that was a major point that they were going to put in new agendas. And they have and they, they did. And we're at the effect of this right now. The next major cycle is 2028. See, this year we've got a Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. And that's always kind of interesting and good. And that's coming right up in April, too. But it's counterbalanced by the Mars-Saturn conjunction with Rahu, which is more violence and um, more violence and more trouble. And when you couple that with the United States, we got trouble brewing. We yeah. really do. I hope we, we uh, come out of this, the Phoenix rising out of the ashes. By 225, it's very possible we could. It's very possible we could. The real question is, do we come out... Uh, do we come out and we're we're able to build something on an old foundation of a once fabled republic, great republic, or uh, or one with a lot of hope at least? Because it didn't take too long for it start to get nudged off its tracks. Uh, so yeah, so it, it is. My heart goes out to young people right now. It is just you never a destroyed country it really is and it's much worse than people realize i mean you talk to people in law enforcement the legal i mean the stuff that california is doing right now is opening up 
a Pandora's box for lawsuits and legalities on rich taxes and taxes on, you know, I mean, these people really believe they can replace us all with AI and various different, um, you know, technologies. They, they really do want to wipe out half to three quarters of the human race. Will they pull it off? I don't think so. But I think they're working at it. But what happened? But, but Jeff, what happened? To the, I, I, this is the question that just bugs me. What happens to them? It's not about nope, nope. Uh, we we are just uh, we're not going along with this. Uh, w people like that who are willing to do this kind of stuff and who have already done this type of stuff to the entire planet. You know, uh, it it wasn't. We're we're just living out on the American front of a, a global operation here. Uh, they can't be allowed to stay out there. There's no, yep. there's no bygones be bygones. That's why, you know. Well, if you go back to the Western texts alone, you know, the Cain and Abel story, you know, the seed of Satan. This, I'm telling you, there is more genetics going on on this planet than we know. And some of them exist and they take over people. And also, I think there's been a lot of interbreeding. The, the, the book of Enoch may be a lot more true than we know. And I know I've seen people shapeshift. I'm like, I, did I just see what I just saw? And they have. And, um, you know, I, I actually had a guy, his hand shifted into a claw in front of me. And I thought, well, okay, that was my imagination. Except he looked at me all nervous and then put it under the table because he knew that I saw what had happened. A claw? And yeah, it, it it turned into his hand just turned into like a claw, almost like a large, you know, talon, if you will. Jeez. And uh, oh, yeah. And I saw one guy shape shift. Uh, he, I think he ended up seven, eight feet tall, a very, again, like an albino looking kind of weird reptilian type dude is in this, a hallway. Is, is this something? And then he hopped into an elevator. And I this just, is something I, that I just see what I just said. <laughs> you know? When I saw, but but that but that's something that only you saw, or the other people around. You think it's just something that you were able no, to. I was see. by myself, right? I was by okay, both times. But yeah, I mean, sure. And people will listen to me and go, "Well, okay, he was delusional." Well, maybe. Um, not so sure about that, especially the guy whose hand uh, did again. He he saw that I saw it, and if you'd have been in the room and saw what I saw, the way he acted, there's no question he realized that I saw his hand morph. There's no question. He got all weird. And he made the exit fairly soon after that. We were actually working on a translation, which was pretty well. But yeah, stuff is, there's so much more going on on this planet than we realize. Astrology is the interactive consciousness. And in between all of that is free will, is the karma reflected in there. And then each soul has their own, you could say, consciousness, and that's been fairly ubiquitous. The free will element is there much stronger than we know, and it is. That's why astrologers and psychics will never 100% call anything, because there's divinity and free will shining down. You know, there's an old saying, hell's creation, and I wonder where that saying came from. Because um, this this dimension, this particular planet, I think is a place where soul and spirits come to manifest in this realm of perception of reality of time and space. There is no time. Think about that. The daily cycles of the sun, the yearly cycles around it, the lunations, there's no time. When you step out of these bodies in astral travel and, and other documents, I've actually heard that the full moon is opposite that when it's full here it's it's new there 
And when it's new there, it's full here. So it's very interesting. And that's the lower astral Yetzirahic worlds. See, and then as you escape outside of what we call time, there's many worlds and many dimensions. Your quantum physicists are proving this, in my opinion. And that is that we may be stacked in dimensions. This is where time travels, wormholes, portals, all this stuff goes on. I've actually had people tell me in readings, I would tell them, I said, wow, you didn't want to come here. And this this chart is really karmically intense. And they actually say, yeah, I remember standing outside of a wormhole and I didn't want to come and they shoved me down into it. Next thing I know, I was born. And um, I might be one of those because I, I remember not wanting. I actually remember the hospital I was born in. I, I actually can still see the walls. And it's really interesting. See, they say there's a mark between our nose and our upper lip that knocks us out. We can't remember. Even though psychics and intuitives and, and clairvoyants can see certain things, you can't see it all the time. And they said, if we could see what lurks about us, the angels, the spirits, the elementals, the disincarnate souls, also what we would call ghosts and dead people, we would probably flip our cookies. We wouldn't be able to focus. This reality structure that we're into is pretty much dominated by the five senses in the lower dense physical reality. But it's only one place. It's one channel that we're locked into. And once you start getting outside of that channel, there's infinite possibilities. They claim there's 49 parallel universes and 49 subdimensions within them. I don't know about you, buddy, but that's way beyond what I can. Tell. I can't. Tell. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm dealing. Yeah. With, I'm dealing with half a dimension at a time, and it's really not. It's very. <laughs> I can't very, even deal with this one. I can't. I'm still trying to figure out how to balance my checkbook. No, right please, now. no. It's 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 rough. <laughs> well, I, that's that's yeah. all. I I have so much more we can do, but we only have uh, so much time. So I'm going to ask sure. you one more bonus question for a, a, an audience member out there who's expecting a child in April. Uh, mm. She wanted to know what's on the charts for babies born this April. Now you already mentioned April. You said that things could really, really get really get uh, crazy on a societal level in April. Uh, especially yeah, but you, you got to remember, you know, it depends on the hour, minute, and second they're born. There's literally angels that rule every single degree of the eastern horizon. You got yogas with the moon. You know, to, to just say the month of April, that's like saying how many drops are in the Atlantic Ocean, you know, or the Pacific. You know, you, you really got to look at where is this child born, exactly what time were they tied into the body. At first breath, they say that's when the celestial influence of time begins. And it's not us. It's reflectional. And, you know, I've seen people born with challenging aspects or good aspects and it's all what they make of it. You, you can, again, Vedic astrology and Nadi astrology has yogas in it that are profound. You can't make this stuff up. And it all is how things are juxtapositioned against one another. It's very complex. You have to analyze the chart as a whole. And uh, like I've seen people who've had challenging yogas, but the angel on the eastern horizon is extremely powerful. They were built for the challenge that they came in on. So, I mean... You could also have that person born in April after the Mars-Saturn conjunction. I've also seen people with Mars-Saturn conjunctions who became great engineers, great mechanics, great athletes. You know, the Guaclin test show. So you can't ever hand wave it. Anything is far too complex. Well, far too yeah, uh, then then maybe we'll check back in in April once we have all the, the, the time stamped. But, uh, but uh, Jeff, what are you doing in the meantime I, we're always so happy when you come back every few months, and uh, and of course this is great because we needed to 
set the tone with you in January of 24. No doubt we're going to have to have you back on in the warmer months and then again right before the election. we got to just keep taking the pulse on this one. Uh, what yeah. can people do to follow you in the meantime? Oh, the best thing is uh, go to my YouTube channel uh, and also my website. Uh, it's Jeff Harmon Astrologer on the YouTube and I think we're on X now, too. And then also my website, you know, if anybody wants readings. Location astrology is amazing. And I'm doing a lot of stuff with gemstones. I make talismans for people with natural, untreated gemstones. And uh, very powerful. It really enhances your energy. Edgar Casey loved gemstones. He always said, once you hit three carats and up, very powerful. See, Vedic planetary gemology allows a proper gem to be selected to your birth chart that enhances the energies within it. And also there's certain gems you want to stay away from. Now, some people can wear a lot of gems. Other people can't. So it's wonderful to know where those are. And I've had so many people tell me, wow, I can really feel this. And gems, everyone asks me, does a, does a gem have power? And I say, no, it resonates power. It's like a tuning fork. This is why you got to be really careful in the jewelry industry <clears throat> and gem shows because so many gems are now lab-grown and they look natural. They look beautiful. But if you buy a lab-grown gem, you must well light your money on fire and watch it blow down the street because it doesn't have any power. And many of the miners have been heat-treating gems for hundreds of years before they're ever faceted. Why do they do that? Because it darkens the color, lessens the inclusions. If you buy a heat-treated gem, that's like wrapping yarn around a tuning fork. You're just going to kill it. It, it the, the crystalline vibrational nature of the crystals has to be natural. And there's really an angelic force to gems that causes that. So I specialize in getting natural untreated gems, and I actually set them as talismans to your birth chart. And then there's a whole process of cleansing and charging, which is really powerful. I, I got into about 35 years ago, and I actually thought, you know, the, the guy I was studying with, I thought, come on, what are you trying to do, sell me gems? And he says, no, no, no. He says, just hold it. And I did. And I went, oh, my God, I, said, I can really feel this. It was a yellow sapphire. And I've worked with doctors and Reiki practitioners and other healers, and they say the attack of the pulses and the sustainment of the pulse increases when you get the right gems. It actually fortifies the life force energy. I had a, a doctor in ICU. His dad was, I think, in his late 80s, and he says, hey, is there anything I can do to help him? And we put these gems on him, and in ICU, he was able to show me, look at the breathing got deeper, the attacks and the heart rate got stronger and more steady. So it's really cool when you truly get a natural, untreated gem that's the proper gem for your birth chart. And it's, it's a little bit different for everybody because the Vedic astrology shows what fortifies it. That's why kings and queens and pharaohs use them, because they really can bring a an enhancement to the life force energy. Well, you, so I, I do a lot of that. You you made, you, uh, you made me think about, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of different stories we've tracked over the years over here, but especially when it comes to, uh, when it comes to regional phenomena, like, I don't know if there's any kind of paranormal activity or uh, just something that seems a little bit supernatural and it, it, it seems concentrated about around one region or another. Um, I have seen in so many cases, people will point out if people who, especially those who are really uh, interested in, in the paranormal and doing these types of investigations, they will first go and 
scour the entire area, the entire regional, uh, you know, the area where these these uh, incidents are happening, whether they be visions or whatever the hell. And um, and they will they will see to see they first see if there's any kind of quartz deposits or anything like that, uh, where if there's a huge underground presence of quartz crystals that in itself can be uh, supercharging at least to an area that, that can almost enchant an entire town it seems especially if you know what you're harvesting with that what, what is it about um obviously it's like you're saying before it's natural crystals it's under the ground it's it's communed with the earth of course there so uh does that create some sort of a uh, spiritual you know, elevator shaft or or whatever. I, I agree. I, I yes, I do. I believe it does. In fact, when you look at silicon itself, that's been used in transistors and microchips forever. You know, or at least since they've been processed. And I really think some of these mountains are multidimensional switches. And yes, you take like Skinwalker Ranch and these other places. There's all kinds of mysterious mineral deposits within them. And there's a lot of very mysterious stuff. I have seen craft. That is just propagated at so fast speeds. There's just no way. There's no way we got anything like that. It's um, and I really believe they're dimension hopping. I really do. And I think crystals and portals are clearly where that's that stuff might be happening within the earth. There's there's uh, some pretty wild stuff to that. All right, no question. And and I'll tell you, look at the breastplate of Aaron, and. I can tell you wearing gems has a very powerful effect. It it's really gives a calmness and clairvoyance. And uh, again, as you mentioned Edgar Casey, he was uh, enamored about them. And this is why throughout history, almost every culture has prized natural gems. And they can be programmed. See, crystals, we're emitting thought form elementals out of the third eye chakra. That's where the pineal gland is. This is where the Jupiter chakra is, is right at the third eye chakra. So we're all emitting elementals, whether we know it or not. This is why, you know, the, the evil eye came out. Well, it's not the eyes, it's the evil eye or the projection. See, and people who study Reiki are, are very tuned into this stuff, the, the really good ones. They know the third eye chakra projects. Well, that's also a secret in charging gemstones. I actually give people the procedure at where I set the gem to their birth chart, and then there's what we call an angelic square. It has a mathematical combination on what they call a special double acrostic type square, when I, I give them in English and in Hebrew and Aramaic, and you put the gem on the center of it, there's a special magical square or angelic square for each gemstone. And it focuses the energy. And the mantra that you use to charge it actually quiets the white noise of the conscious mind and focuses you in on your intentions. Those intentions, these etheric, what we call elementals, if anybody's ever seen Dr. Emoto's work. I always loved him. I got to meet him in Tucson before he died. Dr. Emoto did what billions and billions of dollars couldn't do. He proved thoughts were actually things. How? He took a Petri dish and some water, froze it, put it in you know, freezer, and then put it under a microscope. Mm -hmm. And what did he prove? That sacred thoughts have sacred geometrical shapes. In fact, all thoughts have different shapes. Fear, anger, worry, discord always came out looking like gobbledygook. Well, that's the same principle you use when you charge a gem in a controlled environment. 
And see, all this stuff is very ancient. I, I all comes out of the ancient Vedantic and Nadi astrology. And I give this to people. These are not my innovations. They are throughout history. And no one knows how old it is. Certainly before three or 400 BC uh, at best. And these angelic squares, also known as yantras, have a lot to do with the vibration of cymatics and sound. Really cool stuff. In fact, if anyone's familiar with things called the Sri Yantra, the Ganesh Yantra, the Maha uh, Murtanjaya Yantra. These are all sacred shapes that actually come from cymatics and the vibrations of the mantras that created them. See, I think the entire universe is the angelic cymatics creation itself from the upper angels. This is incredible. We're talking about cymatics is one of those things that ever since we, we dipped into it, Years ago, it continues to pop up, uh, even when it comes down to when we look at and we have analyzed the way that chapels and cathedrals around the world have been built to be able to sustain things acoustically. Uh, when we talk about the frequencies that have been measured inside of the, the many chambers of the pyramids, uh, it is it, it, we are talking about. I think we're knocking on the door to the the most important concepts. That, that we should be studying in school, but instead, you oh, know, yeah. obviously yeah. We're, we're not being educated on anything worthwhile. Maybe we got to come back. Next time you come back on, yeah, we'll do our our, uh, our little checkup on everything, but we got to do a jump yeah. into cymatics and, thing and, and frequency together. I would love that. If you don't mind, I want to mention something. Back in the 1980s, I was actually teaching a physics class on sound acoustics and architectural acoustics, and I got to teach at a laboratory down in Batavia, Illinois. There was a, a colonel from World, uh, no, he was from the Civil War. Uh, he started this, um, I think he was born right around the Civil War. He was an old man, his name was Colonel Fabian. And it's a place called Riverbank Acoustics Laboratory. And I actually got to teach there. And I was stunned. These guys were actually using levitation techniques with very tuned frequencies. Now, some of it they didn't get to work, but some of it they did. And the government used to use this laboratory in World War I for cracking codes. And I heard it was also used in World War II. But what an interesting world that whole vibration of sound is. Then they actually say this entire universe is the cymatics of the upper angelic forces of the seraphims, the cherubims, and the thrones. They actually say if those angels quit chanting the permutations of creation, the entire universes would cease to exist in less than measurable time, less than a picosecond. And it's pretty amazing. That's why evil cannot win. It causes a lot of trouble because it's forced to be into the process of growth, maturity, decay, atrophy, and, and you know, disillusionment, but it recreates. So it's it certainly seems to be the case with this world. And they say, you know, people could live to be a thousand years old. Some people say much older than that. It's just what's happened is apparently in this last time frame, we are in a period right now of a Kali Yuga and a sub Yuga of Tetra Yuga, which again, no one knows 100%, but we could potentially see the DNA structures change and relink if we saw an axis tip. I think the moon's nodes, the head and the tail of the dragon, have a huge effect on longevity of life on this planet. Very mysterious stuff. Very the mysterious. Earth is a soul cauldron. It's mm -hmm. a soul cauldron.
Very mysterious indeed. Jeff Harmon, man, we got a lot more than we bargained for tonight, and I loved every moment of it. Thank you so much for being here. We have you Jeff. You are so welcome. JeffHarmon.com is in the description of the episode. I hope that they find their way to everything else you do from there. And I'll be in touch, man. We'll we'll have you back soon because we gotta we gotta keep this this uh we gotta keep this conversation going. We we only scratched the surface of this one, but thanks for everything. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Thanks for having me, bud. We'll talk to you soon. There you Bye. go. Jeff Harmon, ladies and gentlemen, here to kick off the new year. All right. So what are we going to do for the last 40? Oh, I'm sorry. Last 15 minutes because it's book club night. We've got the third session of book club for Lucifer's Hammer. Talk about the stars and the comets and some of them crashing down on you. If there are any flat earthers that read this book with us, they've probably been having one hell of a time. Like bugging out, jittering, trying to bite their shoulder the whole time. Anyway, what that was great. We got everything I wanted to do, and then much, much more. And we got to jump into the, uh, the cymatics aspect of it all. Let's see here. This was just posted on the Quite Frankly Telegram, which I hope, you know, the, the Quite Frankly Telegram has never been more consistently active now. It doesn't overwhelm you, but I have John Carroll, who writes for Quite Frankly, that shares awesome stuff from 4chan and other little things on there. I share the nightly links, the, the you know, whenever we do after hours, all the bonus content is shared there too. The Telegram is really a very, uh, a very valuable thing uh, account to 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 follow for quite frankly at least for quite frankly related news and anything else that we think is interesting and it's crazy it's like we, we may we've lost like 2,000 followers ever since we started posting consistently I think people just wanted to be subscribed but not actually have us post anything it's very odd so if you have never subscribed to the quite frankly telegram um and you just want to be, uh, you know, linked up with a mildly active, not going to inundate you, but going to give you only the best of the best that we have to offer and some bonus stuff, then get on over there. Stars are portals to enter and exit this world. Here is a, this was just posted by John Carroll. I thought this was an interesting, an interesting star portal theory. Here, let me see. Stars are portals that you can exit. Uh, you can exit the reincarnation soul trap matrix if you go through 99.9% of them. Uh, they are trap loops that teleport you back to where you are, and only three or four stars are the actual exit portals. What? The tunnel of the white light that near-death experience experiencers talk about are actually stars they may uh, they may say go through a darkness or a void which is literally the firmament and then some entity appears and tells them to go through a specific tunnel of white light which makes them come back to life then designated tunnels stars are trap loops damn i hope this isn't i hope this isn't the way it is <laughs> this sucks the pyramids of giza had shafts that are pointing to certain stars so when the soul of the pharaoh is leaving, he would know exactly which stars are the real exit tunnels. Ah, that's interesting. The reason for the two shafts is so that if anyone finds out about this, there would still be a trap 
and a puzzle to find which one to pointing to the real exit portal. The two more important stars that are these sh- uh, that these shafts are pointing to are Alpha Draconis and Cirrus. Okay, so uh, if you're looking for a star to fly to when you finally kick the bucket, keep those in mind. Alpha Draconis and Cirrus. What's this? There's another one. Oh, there's more. Hold on, we have a couple of super chats I want to get around to. Not much came in, so I just wanted to get through these. Car Guys New England said, Jeff was great tonight. Another awesome show as always, Frank. Nora was great last week as well. As always, have a blessed week, my friend, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Uh, and Stowe Stoops says, excellent guest tonight, Frank. Wonderful way to start off the week. Great listens always. Thank you, my good man. Oh, yeah. And hey, hey to Jay Brits and all the Franklies out there tonight. And what do you know? There's Jay Brits, who came in first and hard and said, off to the great start, another week of excellence in broadcasting. Hat tip to El Rushbo. Thanks, Frank. I wonder if Jay Brits and Stowe Stube and Car Guys New England are all the same person, and they're just trying to make me feel good about there being people out there, um, at least three people every night that want to super chat me. That's very nice. Um. Thank you. And for everybody else out there, if you really, if you have never um, supported the show as a sponsor before, and you are not a sponsor currently, and you're wondering, you know, I think I might do it this this uh, this year. It only takes five dollars a month, and we are striving toward a very significant goal that I would love to hit by my birthday on April second. Go to Subscribe Star, the quite frankly Subscribe Star. You can find the link of that in the description of the episode. You can also go to the sponsor us page on quitefrankly.tv. And uh, and become a only for new people. Everybody else, if you're happy where you are, stay right where you are. We're trying to hit a goal on Subscribe Star, and um, and that's going to do very very big things. It's going to allow us to really uh, go totally indie in a sustained way, especially for the next year or so. Bringing on new staffers, keeping the ones we have, being able to to pay them more, and um, and and doing things that been waiting a long time to do it'll also open up the show across all platforms for two hours again even though the home of this show and the network will always be as long as they're around and hopefully that's forever pill.net foxhole i love being on the foxhole man especially for the because what can we where can we do sunday nights where can we do after hours whenever i have something that's an extension of the show other than foxhole sunday night was so fun watching that stuff with you guys again and um, I really appreciate that being the home of the network. So thanks again. A couple more Super Chats real quick. Sean Joe, thank you. Boys Blanc, thank you. Porpoiseful, thank you. A big EMP from Paulie9363, which is incredibly generous of him. Thank you, Sean Joe. Everybody's giving each other subscriptions, taking them up. Oh, how nice. JSM, D Doodle. Amethyst Cat, Alan Wrench says, very interesting guest as always. Thank you, Alan. And Brewbark says, loved your guest. Now, I'm going to release the scratching so everybody gets a little taste of them uh, the, them gold pills, and there's plenty to go out there, because of, especially because of Pauly9363. So there goes the scratching. Enjoy yourselves. Now, getting back to, I don't know, see, it's 8.52. I feel like... I should just save all this stuff for tomorrow. I feel like I should save. I'm going to save this whole this other thing 
Here is a. No, nah, I'm going to save it all. I'm going to save the, the the Trump clip for tomorrow. The 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 testimony from this really interesting testimony from Ukraine that uh, I don't I don't find it. I believe it. Just talks about how bad it is out there, and even this this back and forth between Joy Reid and this mom, this woman from Moms for Liberty. Oh man, is Joy Reid a, a a stupid, a vicious person? When you take a stupid person and you combine that with a vicious person, a stupid vicious person, there is nothing worse. And that's what Joy Reid is: stupid and vicious, talking about um, pornography in school school uh, libraries and trying to conflate that with censorship and book burning it. But you got to see how this plays out. It's a four minute clip. I'll save that for tomorrow. We're going to have Chris Ann Hall and then a mix of media. And then I'll be getting off around eight o'clock to get to the studio to do some work. Um, work that hopefully yields a result that I can come back and report on in some kind of a, some kind of a way. Anywho, Anyway, what else we have? Oh, okay. Here's one for you. More on that theory about star portals. There is a chance that Sirius is the real exit point since the occult circles, uh, the in, in the occult circles, it's called the eye in the sky. Eyes are portals to the world. So to exit this physical simulation reincarnation soul trap, you must exit through the portal to this world, which is like the eye in the sky. It is the Illuminati eye, as well as you see on the dollar bill. That is Sirius. Here's a long. Here's a song about Sirius called "The Eye in the Sky" by Alan Parsons Project. Uh, check out the cover and pay attention to the lyrics written by a high-level occultist. The band only posted the chorus in the description box below the video, not the whole lyrics. Meaning, it is only the chorus that is important. And it says. I am the eye in the sky looking at you. I can read your mind. I am the maker of rules. Dealing with fools, I can cheat you blind. And I don't need to see any more to know that. I can read your mind looking at you. I can read your mind looking at you. Repeating twice more times. Alpha Draconis is the entrance portal to this world, they say. You can only enter through this portal from the outside. Sirius is the exit from this world. You can only exit through uh, exit through this portal when you die and become non-physical. Alpha Draconis is the entrance used by those who created this physical simulation to get in. They enter and exit through these two portals. They live in another dimension, which we, we were snatched from and kept hostage uh, here from. They're getting their uh, prepositions all over the place. Alpha Draconis is said to be the star of reptilians. David Icke claims that reptilian humanoids from Alpha Draconis are secretly controlling the world through a complex conspiracy. Alpha Draconis is a portal to the reptilians' world, which is on another dimension next to this one. To escape this hell, we must map the sky and train our minds to focus on where Sirius is placed in the sky so when we die, we are not fooled into going into the decoy trap loops. Is that a little, almost a little bit like what um, uh, Castaneda said about training yourself not to be eaten by the eagle? Have to, you, have to, you have to get past the eagle? In this theory, there is a place for total solar eclipses. Total solar eclipses are when the entrance and exit becomes one. And you enter and exit through the black hole that appears inside the sun. 
This is why solar eclipses, and especially the total solar eclipses, are regarded so high in occultism. It is when the portals become one and human sacrifice rituals are performed. For example, May 28, 594 AD, the Mayan city-state of Tikal held a major ceremony during the total eclipse as evidenced by inscriptions and artifacts found there. This event offers insight into Mayan astronomy and religious beliefs. What if the sacrifice was to kill someone important during the total solar eclipse? Hold on. Uh, so they can escape the soul trap. Since it's much easier to escape if you don't have to find a certain star among thousands of stars, you can just go inside the black hole that appears inside the sun. That would be an easy uh, logic. And then to be like, okay, well, there's a solar eclipse. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kill myself then. Can you guys kill me uh, next week around one in the afternoon? There should be an eclipse and, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I don't want to have to find Sirius. I'm the type that would lose Sirius and I would end up in some kind of a hamster wheel trap. Can you, you know, around one o'clock next week, I think it's on Wednesday, we should have an eclipse there. If you could just kill me. I don't want to see it coming, though. If you can, please. I don't want to see it coming. Just, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's a couple more things over here. These are great. Clues from Elder Scrolls lore. Clues from Mayan civilization and clues from books. See, this is the this is the stuff that uh, you really got to check out that we post just for food for thought on the, quite frankly, Telegram, which is all linked on the About Us page on quitefrankly.tv and probably in the description below. All the links are in there. Good stuff. What's this that John Carroll just posted? It's from Ren, Raw Egg Nationalist. Said, imagine thinking, imagine thinking, imagine thinking you can beat this vibe. Let's see what vibe that is. And then I'm going to end. What vibe is that? Napoleon, Alexander the Great, Donald Trump. We're all cut from the same cloth, and that cloth is very, very large. It's not too big, is it? Hey. Hey yourself. <laughs> hey yourself. Oh, that's the Pizza Hut commercial. I know that commercial. Wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal. I put together some real impressive deals. I like that. Crust first. Go big or go home. Uh. Donald uh. Trump. Uh. Like that has to have her own special set. Oh. It's the oh my god! Hey. Donald. Tell me you were here. You look great. Thank you very much. I'm Donald owns this restaurant. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Listen, are you bagging her? <laughs> huh? Are you? Oh, man. You just met. Man, oh man. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you know, that's why when I, the one thing I really, really loved about 2016 to like 2019 was Trump Wave. When Trump Wave came out and everybody, that was such, there were some people, it was Nimble Madman Bob. Nimble Madman Bob. And who was the other one? They were so good with the Trump Wave stuff. It was like VHS heaven. Anyway, well, that's all I have for you, and I have to start book club. So let's get this one ready, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all of your time tonight. Tomorrow will be another one. I cannot wait to jump on with you again at 7 o'clock. And, uh, and with that, thank you for all the super chats and all the love. I will catch you on the flip side. Take it easy. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Car Guys New England, Stostube, and Jay Brits. Thank you to all of our gold pillars, and tomorrow we all just roll around under the covers again. I'll see you at 7 o'clock. Take care. <laughs>